This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you out of Harvey Cedars, New Jersey. Wow, is it phenomenal to be here, Martha. It is. I never understood what LBI really was until we came up here <laughs> a couple, um, of, years a couple of years ago, and then we are back. It is so gorgeous here, and that stands for Long Beach Island, for anybody who doesn't know. And um, boy, this, this is, is a, a treat. It is the place of the lifestyles that are rich and famous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Every house is a million dollars plus. It's unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do accents, no, so don't not. like, you know, act like you're passing it off to me because no, you don't let me do them. But it is because I'm is. really bad, everybody. It's That's not right. because okay. he's being an ogre. All right. So we would love for you to interact with us online. Check us out on social media. Everything is I work for him. I work the number for him. But Martha, what's one way you want people to connect with us today? Well, one way today, I would say, Jim, let's really talk about our podcast options because okay. I know that a lot of people are busy. They don't have the availability to be sitting mostly in a car where there's a radio. One of the things that um, we know that a lot of people, either they have a short commute or a long commute or they're um, you know, not wanting to focus necessarily or at not the right time of day when they're in their car to listen to our show, but they have the option of subscribing to our podcast on any of their favorite platforms and uh, most recently added spotify well, probably even on some of your unfavorite platforms this could be true this could be true but we are there and we want people to um, be able to have the access to it so i work for him all one word with the, the number four i work for him and uh then you can enjoy us while you're, you know, I found recently that I've started listening to some of the shows that I wanted to go back and listen to while on like the Stairmaster. How bad were they? It was awesome. Oh, they were good but shows? But what I was going to, yes. That's because you were on them. No. I just, you know, sometimes I like to hear it from the outside listening in rather than sitting here with the headphones on. <laughs> you know, and shout out to all of our Tampa Bay audience, our Jacksonville and First Coast audience, and the Hampton Roads, Virginia audience. We're so grateful that all of you are listening in. And then as you get the podcast around the globe, just the other day, heard from somebody from Lagos, Nigeria, Crazy. who was looking for exactly what we had to offer. He was having a conversation with one of his friends, and they needed to hear about the I Work For Him Nation. The I Work For Him Nation, we encourage you to join the I Work For Him Nation. It has nothing to do with the it's not a club. It's not, you know, there's no dues. It is a commitment between you and God to live out your faith in your work by, number one, praying for those that you work alongside each and every day, looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires you to do, looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace, but overall, all along being a person of excellence, somebody that just, you are the best, the brightest person in your position, in your workplace, and looking for ways to pray with people all day long. And you're going to hear from some very good friends of ours today here on Long Beach Island. The mission field looks different for everyone. We all work in different places. We all get exposed to pre-believers. Our mission field is wide and it's varied and it's often messy. Sometimes our mission field is within a place that is called a camp ministry. Today, as I said, we're on location in Harvey Cedars, New Jersey, on location at Harvey Cedars Bible Conference, which is a fancy w word for what they do. When you're on Long Beach Island, you can't call it a camp. <laughs> it's a conference. <laughs> the vacation destination for millions and millions, and if millions and billions of dollars to spend on, on property, that's what they have right here on Long Beach Island. The lifestyle. It, it was, what was his name that did the lifestyles of rich and famous? 
Um, Robin Leach. He lives go. right across the street, you know. Okay, anyway. So what, how does your family fit in? Because you came here we for came, vacation. We rented one of the rich people's houses. Oh, that's there what we did. you when, go. When we were growing up, Back that's what in we did. the we, 1970s, right? 76, we got chased <laughs> off of Long Beach Island during a hurricane. That was That's my that's memories of Long Beach Island. childhood memory. All right, today we're going to interview two incredible couples. Couples we've known for 15 years who both ended up working in the same place together in a ministry that is a camp ministry. But they both have come from business backgrounds. They're all business entrepreneurial couples. Two couples that have 10 kids between the two of them, and that's a whole other conversation. But they <laughs> lived out their lives in ministry no matter what the work has done. And they both moved from Florida <laughs> As he laughs, to he laughs. New Jersey because suffering for the Lord has to be done from somebody, and they decided to suffer for him. So we're going to break this out. We're talking with Todd and Michelle Carvin and Brian and Angela Sackett today. We're going to break it up in lots of interesting pieces. But first, Brian and Angela Sackett, how are you guys? Great. Doing well. So glad you guys are here. All right. So talk to us about, Brian, well, this question is really for you. What's Harvey Cedars Bible Conference all about? Harvey Cedars Bible Conference is about um, creating a place where people can come and get away from the norm and uh, hopefully that we are able to serve them in a place where God can speak to them differently than back at home, where um, their hearts and, and minds are open to receive whatever word God would have. And so as our as we have people come here, um, we want them to not be distracted. So it's our goal to have everything ready to go. We're cooking, we're cleaning. Everything is not a distraction so that they can meet and meet with God and hear what he has to say and that their lives would be changed. And you have thousands of people come through during the year, don't you? We do. Uh, I guess if you talk guest days, which is our lingo, we have about 44,000 guest days a year. 44,000 guest days a year. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. And some of them sleep in the parking lot because there's nowhere else to go because they got so many people. It's unbelievable. But the parking lot's beautiful. I mean, literally, this is a gorgeous place. We forgot how beautiful it was. Okay, I did. We came up and over the bridge yesterday. I'm like, this place is awesome. And, and then your next words to me were, we should have scheduled a few more days. Yeah, we should have scheduled some of those God days on the, on the island. So uh, just before we get any deeper into it, tell people how they can learn about Harvey Cedars for themselves. If they wanted to, if they're curious and want to know what's going on and maybe... F- um, intrigued by this conversation of finding a place where they can be ha- let the distractions go and get closer to the Lord. How can they find out more? Sure. Well, of course, there's always a website, mm-hmm. right, which is uh, hcbible.org. Um, but we're open all year round. And so what you'll find in the off season is on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, on the weekends, we'll have men's groups, ladies groups, uh, youth groups um, coming on retreat and getting away for a few days. And then in the summer, it's just 24-7, and we've got youth weeks going on from Monday to Saturday, family weeks going on from Monday to Sunday, and just, you know, there's like 450 feet people here at a time, and it's just craziness. And at the same time, we have our own staff here. Uh, we hire um, high school students, college students to come in and help serve in all the different areas with housekeeping and maintenance and the kitchen and the pool and mm-hmm. things like that and it's just uh it's a you really got a neat bookstore you got i mean it's you yeah. got everything going so on so hcbible.org yep. and H- we're on facebook and instagram yeah. as well so if you go on facebook and search for harvey cedars bible conference mm-hmm. i think it's at hc bible conference um you'll find us there and on instagram excellent mm-hmm. all right so let's just ask this one question brian sackett you've worked in a church you've worked in uh businesses now you're working at a camp ministry talk to us about the, this, what's similar and what's different? Because a lot of people think, well, I, it, they, they have this strange notion that working in a ministry is a higher calling than working in a business, yet they, they both have opportunities, don't they? 
They do. And, um, you know, the, there is a lot of business that goes on. There's a lot of business that goes on in a regular church, right? And it's not it's not all Sunday school. Um, but you gotta. It, the goal is that even when we're fixing toilets around here, or ordering food, or getting the rooms ready, it's all uh, all that stuff, and we're paying people to do that work. But it is serving Him because we're getting it ready for God to come and work. And um, so that the whole mindset is: How many people can we get here? And how many lives is he going to change through that? So, Angela, what um, what is something that you want our listeners to hear about that what they would see or experience or that's really special about Harvey Cedars? Uh, one of the things that we discovered right when we got here was just the history, the legacy. Everywhere that we've gone on the eastern seaboard, you know, we say the name of this place and somebody says, oh, my grandparents took mm, us there. We've met true. couples who my, our parents pay for the whole family to come. And I think that's because... They've really um, focused on building an experience, as Brian's saying, where people can, um, whether it's taking a walk on the beach or whether it's going out on the on the dock at yeah. sunset. Oh, the sunsets here. Coming from Florida, Jim makes it sound like we're suffering, but I the know, sunsets. Right? Um, but really, I had to just, put a winter jacket on last night. <laughs> it's all relative, right? Yeah, it's all relative because we we're like, oh, we could take our jackets off. It's above forty this That's week. Right. Um, but I think just the history of the place is so powerful. And then um, the summer staff experience, which you'll hear a little bit from Todd and Michelle, where kids come here and serve, and they're doing, as Brian said, kind of grunt work. Some people might say, but I think that so applies to what you guys do, talking about serving the Lord in the workplace. These kids come and just the camaraderie that they build, mm-hmm. um, the d- the night devotions in the dorms, those kind of things where that experience, the Lord works through that. You know, it's yeah. nothing people do. He does that. And so we, now we're going to break it up into the boys section. We got Todd Carvin and Brian Sack, and we're going to hear from them on their perspective as fathers and as husbands on the impact on their lives. So gentlemen, Todd, we'll start with you. Okay. Because we've already heard a little bit from Brian, but let's just talk from you. You move, you lived in Florida. You went from uh, New Jersey to Florida, back to New Jersey. Did you ever think you'd be back here? No. In fact, I'd say when we were, as a family, felt called into a ministry, in a camp-type ministry, if someone had said, where do you not want to go, I'd have probably said, California and New Jersey. Keep me away from those. Yeah. So, so here and, I am. And see, the good news is the Lord listens to our thoughts, <laughs> and whenever we tell him where we don't want to go, that's usually where we end up. Yeah, that way, that's another story for a whole other show. All right, so Todd, talk to us about the transition. You were working in a business tree, uh, portable pumping systems out of Pinellas Park, Florida, and then you, you, you transitioned up to here. It's a, it's a radically different culture up here than in Florida, isn't it? Absolutely. But yet it's one that you were sort of familiar with. You grew up here. I did. Um, you know, I, I wasn't exactly on the beach, but New Jersey's New Jersey. <laughs> that's because you have to be... Rich and famous to be out here on a beach. <laughs> it's true. We we get our week out of the year sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's it is it's a different culture, um, two totally different things, and it's something that even even as far as what my job is here and the difference from there is I had a kind of a reactionary job. Uh, the phone would ring and that would that would get me started for the day, and here I'm looking ahead future wise and planning on these these summer staff kids coming. But you um, have over 100 that you need for the summer, right? We, we will hire just about 100, and we'll have 50-some here at any given time. Yeah, so it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. So talk about personally though, as a hu- as a husband first, as okay, as a man of God. Okay, you got up and went to work every day. Now you live at your work every day. Mm-hmm. How how are you making sure that God stays forefront in your 
ministry each and every day now that you're operating in a camp ministry every day. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, that if you're not careful, you take it for granted. And so it, it, is, um, it is intentional. And, and there's prayer. There's prayer between Michelle and I. And, and the awesome thing is, is because we live here, at any given time, my kids come wandering into my office, and they see what we're doing. And they, they hear the conversations of the kids that we're hiring and, and looking forward to sharing with them and, and watching them grow. And then when they get here, my kids take part in that. So it, it really has encompassed the whole family. Um, more so than, than what I did in Florida, for sure. So, Brian and Angela, when you moved up, is it four years already? Is it four years this summer? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. maybe five. I think it's five. We're at four and a half right now. It, yeah. just, it just seems like five, but it's only four and a half? Okay. Yeah. All right, so, Brian, talk as a father. So, when you moved up here, you had five kids here with you. Two of them have been married often or are often about around the country now, and you brought ready to send one across the globe in, a, in about six months. Talk to me about, as a father and as a husband, how have you kept your family from being dominated from your work. It is very hard, and we still struggle from time to time. And the off-season is a little easier because I am getting two days a week off. But when we get into the summer, it, it becomes six out of seven usually, and sometimes I'm here on the seventh. But um, it's very hard. Right now we're all getting up, and we're praying together at 8 o'clock in the morning and sharing the verse of the day and, and talking and talking through our day and trying to make sure we're all on on board and um you know in the evenings i'm trying to do bible study with the boys and give them that extra time and then anna she's just working all the time she's an aldi girl and uh and then like you said the other two boys are out and about across the globe so uh it is a struggle because this place even in the off season it goes and goes and goes just like a business uh goes and goes and goes it's always there you know, I think a lot of people um, have this belief in the back of their head that if you work for a Christian organization or a ministry, that you just, through osmosis, your spiritual life keeps growing. You know, just speak to that for a minute and um, the effort that it takes to uh, to really, you know, it still needs to be personal. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it does need to be personal. But what I did find out, what I really appreciate, is come the summertime, and, and now I'm starting to get into that prep, where I become a pastor, mm. and it's something I never thought in my life that I'd be. Uh, that was not something I thought I was called to. But as these kids show up, I'm the, uh, we are their pastors. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of preparation, a lot of Bible study, and, and I find that just phenomenal. It, it, I grow huge along with the kids. Okay, so Brian, speak to your four-year younger self. How could you have better prepared yourself for what you do day to day? Well, I think... I think in any job that you have in life, you, if you look back at that four or five year, you're like, man, if I would have known then. Um, <laughs> so, and I think in every job that I've ever had, it's what can I, how can I delegate the things that I'm capable of doing, but they're not the most important. And so I would go back and knowing now that I know that these things I don't have to do, I could delegate these so I could spend more time on the important things. And again, it's like you said, it, working for a ministry, it, you just don't become, it's not just a spiritual game um, every day where I'm just getting filled. You, have, you, you still have to do that on purpose. So I you, think it's even harder. Yeah. And I really do. It could, it could very well be. I mean, you've got to have intentional time where you're reading the word. You've got to, and for Todd, you know, it does get better here for the summer because now he's having to study. He gets to teach. He's got all right. these kids here. And so he's, 
he's going to be in the Word a lot more. It's still a challenge, and he has to do his personal time. But right now, in the preparing time, there's a lot of intentionality involved. You know, Todd, you said something that just made me think about, you know, relating this to all of our listeners is that we believe um, that a lot of people need to come to a point of realization that they are a pastor mm-hmm. in their current work. Mm-hmm. You have it now as a as a part of your job description, you know, where you are pastoring these kids and you are responsible for their spiritual lives. But and he's growth. managing them, right. which right. any manager but, that... but yes, but that's what I'm saying. It's part of your job description, but yet in, in we believe that so many people that manage that that is an underlying part of our everyday right. is to pastor those that we lead. And so what would you say to the um, person listening who maybe it's not in their job description, but they do have, you know, a couple people that they manage. Mm-hmm. How can they more intentionally pastor their people? Well, for, first I would say if you're managing somebody 40 hours a week, you're spending a whole lot more time in front of them than their pastor is for an hour up on the stage each each mm-hmm. uh, each each mm-hmm. sunday so yeah and and i want just keep that in mind i would let them know keep that in mind because we're kind of the same way here as yeah we pastor but we're also we're with them almost 24 7 right so we have the opportunity of of teaching a lesson and then and then reinforcing that on a daily basis and the follow-through and seeing that growth and i think as a manager it, it you're not teaching them a lesson as much as you are showing them and being being an example For sure. and jesus did both i mean he taught but he demonstrated i mean he he walked what he taught mm-hmm. each and every day all right so todd what would you tell your one year old younger self in preparation for what you i mean really you jumped in the middle of the summer when you guys got up here last july this year you're getting to prep for your summer you right. know a little bit but what would you have prepared yourself as a husband and a father for jumping into what you jumped into well as a husband and a father um Oh, it was something else because we, we showed up here on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, went to a church service Sunday morning here on the uh, campus, and we were at work. And it just started, and it was running. And um, one, I would have prepared a little better for that and prepared my kids a little better for that because suddenly, yeah, we're all here, but where's mom and dad? <laughs> um, and, and so that every time we turn around, one's running toward us as we're heading off to the next thing. So I think I would have done that. Um, I, I would have prepared my kids a little better and, and maybe maybe built a little more time in to just absorb a little bit before we jumped in. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a big step. It certainly is. And um, I think, but you guys can really speak to the fact that um, I think for both of your families, you know, you've trained your children that every day is ministry, that we're looking for opportunities to, um, and a lot of times it's serving just because of the aspect of of the nature of um, your personalities and your giftings. Um, But how, um, for our listeners, how, how do you communicate that to the kids on a daily basis? How do you communicate that every day is an opportunity to serve? Brian. Well, I, you have to wake up. We, we and what Todd and Michelle are going to be uh, doing with these kids this summer is they have to, and the, the theme is significance, making in a summer significance that your life is significant, that every day is significant. So how do you wake up each day with what is that significance? And if you don't start the day with God, then you've, you've already messed that up, uh, what the day is all about. And so there time with these kids for this short period of time mm-hmm. is to 
get them into a routine that becomes a life routine after mm-hmm. they leave here? And what are, the, what are those important aspects that they can hit on with them so that that change takes hold when yeah. they leave? And those habits, which we got when we worked in the camp ministry as 18-year-olds, they live a lifetime, but it's just learning them and seeing them demonstrated. You listen to I Work Friends. We're broadcasting to you from Harvey Cedars, New Jersey on Long Beach Island at the location of Harvey Cedars Bible Conference, hcbible.org, hcbible.org. We're talking today with the Carvins and the Sackets, two friends of ours from Tampa Bay. They used to be longtime Tampa Bay people, but the Lord called them up individually together separately to come serve in a camp ministry, utilizing the skills that they, that they learned in church ministry and in work ministry, and putting it all together and putting it in action. And they're on the side stuff, all of it. I mean, their hobbies, everything getting put into work as they serve a ministry that has 44,000 People hour days of service or something like that. People, what was it? People oh. days? No. People days? Guest days. Guest, Guest days. days. <laughs> you knew days. that wasn't right. <laughs> People <laughs> days. Okay. Let's turn that into food. So that's like 120 thousand meals. 132,000 meals. 132,000 meals. That's fantastic. That is. Yeah. That is great. Well, that's a lot of pancakes. Okay. All right. So let's, <laughs> l- ladies. Uh, I'll, you know, Martha, you asked the first question. Okay. So one of the things, um, these are my two friends, Michelle and Angela, and we are just um, wanting our listeners to really just get a, a little sneak peek of what it looks like in you guys' lives. And one of the things that, one of the many things that you have in common, five kids, you both homeschool, um, how has that element played into your ability to be mom, to homeschool, to be wife, to be in ministry, in the actual conference center, um, all of that. Um, Angela, why don't you speak first to just how does the homeschooling aspect of raising kids in 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 that environment help them with whether it's flexibility, whatever it might be. I would say two things right away that that come to mind that is um, a spirit of independence and hunger to learn and Mm. um, identity that's rooted in family. So we made a cross-country move. Um, A friend asked me about a year after we got here, did you study the culture you were moving into because you're really a missionary? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, it's funny. Someone should have told me that because... I told you New Jersey (laughs) is very different. I didn't listen. That's different than saying you should study the culture. But it's true. There's (laughs) there's a very different approach to relationship building. There's a different approach to how you live your everyday life. And so that was a huge adjustment for our kids. We went from a place where we'd been for 13, 14 years Mm -hmm. and they had friends. We had family friendships to not knowing anyone in a culture where people are more reserved. They're more cautious. Um, They're so real when they welcome you, but it takes time. Um, So for us, one huge thing, um, by the grace of God, our kids never really looked back and said, I wish I was back home, you hear people say. Sure. Um, But I think that that was partly because... um, they, their identity was rooted in our family. Their siblings were their best friends. And so although it's some of our kids still haven't developed heart friendships in almost five years, um, their identity is first at home. And then the other thing is, uh, and Michelle will probably speak to this, you, you have to balance as a mama uh, but I'm helping out in the ministry. Or I'm over here. She's a lot more hands-on involved day-to-day. Um, so our kids had to be independent learners. Um, that was a goal that we kind of instilled from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when there are days that they need to be independent or there are subjects they need to work on on their own, they can ask a sibling or they can sure. work together. Michelle, how about you? What? It, how do you see the role of homeschooling? Had you had you ever you know realized how that might prepare you as a family for where you are now? Well, I don't know that I can say that our kids have the hunger to learn like the second children, but <laughs> but they do learn. But they do learn. Um, and yes, I would agree that that it cre- homeschooling creates that independent learning, whether you whether your kids are actually independent learning mm-hmm. or not. They they still they still do it somewhat on their own, um, which has been a huge blessing this year moving into this. And yes, I am. way more hands-on in the ministry during the off season than I thought I was going to be, which is great. I love it. Um, But my homeschooling year this year looks way different than what I was expecting it to look like. Um, And I also agree with Angela that homeschooling families just have a different relationship. And the, the, the children are just used to, yeah, their siblings being their best friend whether they want them to or not, that's who your friends are. Um, so our kids also haven't, yes, they miss their friends. I, I, I'm not going to say they don't miss their friends in Florida. They do desperately. But yet at the same time, they are totally enjoy Grant, our 19-year-old yesterday, was laying on the floor with our six-year-old playing a game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's just kind of the norm for our family. You know, I just had a realization too, because I was thinking about the fact that in um, an environment like this, where people come and go, you have 44,000 guest days of people transitioning all in and out all the time. Um, you need the strong family nucleus because yeah. they might meet a friend that's here for five days mm-hmm, and yeah. then they're gone again. And mm-hmm. they maybe, maybe they come back every year because their family has a great tradition of coming to Harvey Cedars Bible Conference, but um, they may not. And so um, I just, you know, it just real made me realize that what a blessing that nucleus is for yeah. your families. So let's, Let's just talk. I'm just going to keep going because, you know, Jim can just sit back, let us girls chat for a little bit. But um, how can, how have you been able to protect the spiritual environment of your homes in the midst of, um, you know, the, the busy. The camp chaos. Camp, okay. I was not going to use the word chaos, but it really probably is because every year the schedule is not yours. It is, it is dictated for you to a certain extent. So, um, Michelle, let's start with you. How are you as a mom and you and Todd together as the parents helping with your spiritual environment at home? Um, I would say the word for me is intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, with every with every minute of your day, you just you need to be intentional and not think, oh, I'll get to that later, mm-hmm. or we'll do that tomorrow. Um, the 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 moments that the Lord gives you to be intentional with that time and to not put off for the next day. Mm. I I totally agree with that. I think that. And Brian kind of spoke to this earlier. One thing that he's really, I think I've watched him grow as a man is learning to manage the hours, mm-hmm. not let them manage you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it took a couple years for him and, and probably anyone, any profession to really start to step up and say, this is what God has taught me. This is how he's equipped me. Um, these are some things that I feel led to do. One thing that um, I'm just going to brag on my hubby for a second in the past couple of months, we started doing a Thursday morning um, coffee date 
it's a it's a weird day off. It's in the middle of the week. Um, our kids have to be independent with school on that morning, but just that couple hours, about three weeks in, and we were winter time is hard here. We were I was as a woman in an emotionally kind of dry place. Um, if I wasn't digging into the word myself individually, I think I would have really been struggling, but mm-hmm. missing him. And about three weeks into this date, I looked at him one morning before we left. I said, I'm actually looking forward to hanging out, <laughs> which That's sounds awesome. silly that that was so, such a big deal. But yeah. it's like Michelle saying, you you have to do it on purpose. You mm-hmm. have to say and I think with any job. Mm-hmm. This and is I'm when the so glad the- you said that because that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, for our listeners, this isn't just a, if you're, you know, if your paycheck is coming from yes. a ministry yeah. that is, um, you know, in a camp environment, this is for every conversation. If we're not intentional, yes. a year can pass by and we say, what did we do? Mm-hmm. You know, you have the, the benefit when you're homeschooling of knowing that the weight is on your shoulders a little bit more because you've got educationally, there's more intention than maybe you're um, somebody who's, whose student is going somewhere to learn. They don't have the same intentions in that area, but overall growth in our life is, is um, something that we do have to be very intentional mm-hmm. about. And so that's what I really want our listeners to hear, Jim, is the fact that um, each and every day, if we don't, Um, live with intentionality and make our relationship with the Lord a priority. And we know this from being on the road. It is tough when we're out traveling because you have a different schedule. You're, you know, you're, you're living in. And so all of us fall into that when we have a project going on at work that has a deadline and then you make that more of a priority than your personal life, then it can become very dry very quickly. Okay. So we've been pounding you guys for 15 years about praying together with your spouses and the significance of that. So Angela, how are you and Brian doing about praying together on a regular basis? I'll be, you said transparent. I'll be honest. It's, it is, it's up and down for us as a couple. Um, watching him be more intentional with our kids is huge. Um, guys that are listening right now, it's super attractive to your wife <laughs> when you take initiative. Yeah, it's huge. Um, when we are consistent, it's transformational, especially as a wife, when I feel like I have the freedom to get before God with that man that I married, mm-hmm. it changes everything. Michelle, what about you? How I, are you guys doing? We're, we're doing good. Um, I think we've created a bad habit though. We crawl into bed and then we pray. <laughs> <laughs> and you might be just a little tired at the end of your day. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> just a little bit. I bet you guys get your 10,000 steps a day here. Oh yeah. No need for a Fitbit. Yeah. I don't need a Fitbit. Um, But it, it will be interesting. Our summer is, is complete opposite of our winter time. It's from seven 30 in the morning till midnight, at least till we crawl into bed. So we, the Todd and I will definitely need to chisel out a specific Mm -hmm. time because Mm -hmm. when we crawl into bed at midnight, we're Pretty bet, much. Yeah, I bet you're wiped out. Yeah. All right. So I want you both to speak to the moms that are listening, moms that are out there that, that they're raising kids, they're mm-hmm. used to being nurturers, and, and they're, everybody's up for an adventure. Speak to the moms out there. Michelle, you first on just how, just encourage them that, that the, the work that they're doing is so significant oh. as a mom. A lot of people think, well, I'm a mom, but I really, am. It, 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 I mean, you guys have both demonstrated that you love being a mom. You also love teaching. How is it? Just speak to the moms out. Just give some encouraging word from your heart about their work that they do. One, you may not see the results for mm, yeah. days, weeks, or months, or even years later. Um, I think 
for one of the most encouraging things when we first told our children that we're looking at this position and possibly moving, uh, our oldest uh, was and still is in a very serious relationship. And he, he, I was afraid that he would say, oh, I'm not moving. And I know all my kids are going to leave the nest. I'm just not quite ready for that yet. <laughs> and that I was very fearful that he was going to stay. But he said he knows this is what the Lord wants for our mm-hmm. family. And we're going to go and do this as a family. Angela. Yeah, I. this is a passion of mine. I will say if there is one thing you can do, my friend Tammy always said to me, point them to Jesus. It is vital that your kids know that the word of God is the foundation for all the truth in their life. Um, we've walked through, I'll be just honest, a really hard year with one of our older sons. And as a mama, it it, it gets at the root of your trust in God's sovereignty to watch your kids struggle. Um, but if I didn't know they had the word of God mm-hmm. to go back to, I don't know how I would still have hope. We believe that everyone is in ministry everywhere that they go. This whole conversation of intentionality with our families, it's vital for everyone to grasp that in our walk. And I think that that's one of the things that we really want to talk with Todd and Michelle just for another minute about is the fact that, um, you know, you guys, even before you were getting your paycheck from a uh, 501c3, you know, you guys had a certain amount of, Uh, well, a great amount of intentionality in ministry as a culture in your family. Talk about that, Todd. Well, from from early on, um, even if it was just volunteering in the church, Mm -hmm. Michelle did a lot of work um, setting up for events and that kind of stuff. And and, and the kids always came along. Mm -hmm. And so they they would work side by side. Um, And then then as we started, the, the biggest transformation was going on a family mission trip. And, and if you have the opportunity to take your entire family on a mission trip, it is absolutely worth it because it, it changed the focus of our family. And our kids started seeing – seeing to take them and say, you are a missionary. Yeah. You're not just tagging along with mom and dad, but you have a job to do there too. You're a missionary. That, that totally changed not just that trip but the way they viewed it. So when the time came and we were called into ministry – it was our family called into ministry. Called into camp ministry. To camp ministry, You're already in portable pumping yes. ministry. You're already in yes. homeschool ministry. You're already in, in wedding planning ministry. I mean, it's so, I mean. Right. When ministry. it was going to become a paycheck and move our family, yep. you know, right, from, you from one end okay. of the nation to the other, um, the whole family was on board because we had talked about it for nine or ten years. And they knew that we were looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's a whole other show. But I could talk about how God transformed our family and our kids and changed what we were looking for. And ended up here instead of somewhere in the mountains or in the woods. But yeah. but uh, they were on board. Well, and it was on, when you first received the call in your life, it was eight years until God gave you the call to come up here to Harvest Cedars. But it you knew n- the camp ministry. What was that? It was nine years. It was uh, May of 2010 <laughs> oh, wait, until wait, wait, May wait, of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it was a long time. Okay, it was eight years. But just, <laughs> we'll get the calendars out compare later. It's nine years now. I was there. I was there. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about the impact on your family as you guys have transitioned this year. Uh, we've seen your kids the the last day. They're running around. Amelia, she's six now. She she you know she's got her own badge. I hear to works mm-hmm. in the kitchen. She's got I mean, a name they're, tag. They're all involved and they like it. I mean they're they're getting to make some do some really cool stuff. Yeah, they really do. They they like Todd said. They have always jumped in with both feet when it mm-hmm. came to serving. So. It really 
that side of, of this move for a family was not a, an adjustment for them or anything out of the ordinary for them because we have always participated in any type of ministry or any type of serving we did as a family unit. Mm -hmm. Even when I had a newborn, the newborn was strapped to me and we went and did whatever ministry we were doing at church. Um, So they have always served alongside of us from when the time they could actually walk. So Todd, what kind of miracles have you seen God do in your family this last year? I mean, because God loves to get involved in the intimate details of our lives. What have you seen him do specifically? Give us, give us an example or two. Watching the kids become at home here has been, has been one. Um, but I just got to tell you about Sunday. Sunday, so, so we don't always get to go to church just the, kind of the way the schedule is. Sunday we could have squeezed You don't get to go to a church to, off the campus. Off the campus, yeah. We don't get to drive because, well, everything's far away. But um, but with our schedule, and this Sunday we just didn't, and so Michelle pulled out a devotional book, and we went through and just kind of did a family church, mm-hmm. and our, our six-year-old little Amelia, um, we were talking about salvation, and she crawled up, and she started asking me some questions, and I said, well, well, we'll talk about that. If you want to talk about that a little later, let's talk about it, so I wanted to see if she'd come back, and sure enough, I was sitting in the living room, and she came back, she goes, Daddy, you were going to talk about me and being able to go to heaven, and so we talked, and she accepted Christ, and that's just, I mean, that's a miracle that happens everywhere, not just here. Right. But, but she, she gets to hear about it all the time here. Yep. And, um, and that's a miracle no matter where it happens. When, when, when the Holy Spirit calls and, and, and you watch that happen in your child, that's, that's an amazing thing. Amen. It is a very Amen. cool thing. Uh, you know, you guys, as you're, uh, just, I think my last question for, for, for this segment of the show for you guys Talk to the couples out there that are they're in business. They're you because you got you had an entrepreneurial spirit. You're homeschooling. You your family's number one, and yet they feel a strong call to go and get involved in a camp ministry or a church ministry. It, it didn't happen overnight. From the time you got your call to the time where this really happened, it, it, God had to take you through a process, didn't mm-hmm. He, Michelle? Absolutely. <clears throat> and you just listening to you just made me remember one time we were at your home. And you had asked us about our calling and our dream to be in camp ministry. And I had honestly answered, I think I've just given up on it. Yeah, yeah God came through. It's the radio. You have to talk. Yes, I, <laughs> I got to compose myself. It's an emotional um, moment. Yeah, yeah we, we had really pigeonholed ourselves into the mountains somewhere because that's where we were when we were called. And that's how we always viewed camp ministry. You're in the mountains and seclusion. And and that's great because my kids would have done that in a heartbeat. Um, so I kept looking in that direction, moving to live among the lifestyles of rich and famous. Well, yeah, wasn't this, exactly this wasn't thought. this wasn't what we had in mind. And and um, <laughs> I love the way you worded that. <laughs> but I finally came to a spot where I, I was fed up with with doors being slammed and not finding the right spot. The spot that we thought we were heading to wasn't going to happen. And and I finally said, God, I don't care. Just use us somewhere. Right. Just, I, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't care where. And then a week later, Brian called. I went, New Jersey. I said where, but come on. <laughs> Anywhere but Wait New Jersey. Wait a second. Jersey. Can I clarify now? <laughs> and, and, I, and I went home to it Michelle that day, and I said, I said, Brian called. Guess what? And she's, you know, as, and we talked about it, yeah. the, what was going on. And she just kind of kept looking at me. I said, we really have to look into this, don't we? She's like, well, we have to be obedient in all of Michelle's wisdom. Yes. And I said, yeah. And, and the more we talked about and prayed about it, this was it. And I could see where my, 
where my kids' love for the woods had turned into a love for the beach and surfing and things. Like, and God had prepared us mm-hmm. for, for this. Mm-hmm. I think everyone hates to hear you need to be patient mm-hmm. because that's very, very difficult. Um, but yet it's but true. Right? It is true. <laughs> and I can remember just over telling myself, Joseph was in the dungeon for 13 years. This is only year five. This is only year six. I've got a long way to go. Um, and you never knew. I mean, Joseph didn't know he was going to be 13 exactly, years. Right. Exactly. So why am I whining, complaining, and we've only been five years patiently waiting. Right. Um, but the main thing, I think, is to let go yeah. and stop trying to figure it out for yourself. Mm. The moment you guys surrendered. I mean, look at God's timing and right. all of that and said, yeah. okay, right. fine. Thank you, Todd and Michelle Carver. Just so great, great to hear your hearts. All right, Brian and Angela, to you. You guys served in church ministry. You served in you served in uh, business, and you have an IT background, Brian and Angela. You got a marketing and a photography background. You get all these, and you have a horde of children. Both of you, both of you guys have hordes <laughs> of children. Can you see how God prepared you to do the things you do on a daily basis? Oh yeah. Yeah, I see it all the time. You know, you you look back at all the different jobs that you had, and uh, at least in the job that I'm in, I I use something from all of those experiences through life here as operations director and um, managing housekeeping, the maintenance and all that stuff. And you, you're like, yeah, I do know a little bit like that. Yeah, I do know a little bit more about that I can help with. And, uh, and you just see how God prepared you to meet the challenge. And there's a challenge every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's people involved. Because there's people. <laughs> and we're messed up. <laughs> And so it's, it's nice to have some answers. And, uh, but uh, well, people are people, and you still, God has to bring the answers for a lot mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. Angela, what about you? How have you seen that over the years mm-hmm. God was preparing you for such a time as this? You know, I would say two things. One, in my kiddos, um, able to look back at some of the hard struggles. You guys kind of hinted at this earlier. Sometimes ministry life or just life as a believer in this broken world can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I can clearly see broken places in my kids' lives where they've been hurt or lonely, where God has used that to draw them closer to himself because yeah. he won't fail them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a daughter that's getting ready to go, Lord willing, to the Philippines for two and a half years. Oh, <laughs> well, um, she's going. Oh, I'm telling you. And that girl is the most she's... introverted person I've ever met, but watching literally the Holy Spirit raise up in her courage. Um, and then I would say for me too, as a woman, it's so interesting to come full circle, um, Brian and I ran a business together for a few years that was very hard on our marriage to coming to a place where we're not on campus. And for a long time, our ministry has been more our neighborhood while Brian Mm -hmm. worked here to now in the last year coming alongside him with the marketing and the photography and being able to say, I want to support you, babe, and what the Lord is doing. Amazing. It was very cool. Really appreciate you guys hosting us here at Harvey Cedars Bible mm-hmm. Conference. And uh, just, you know, we, we really enjoy doing a show with longtime friends. It's a lot of fun. But thank you, Brian and Angela Sackett. Mm. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So really, as you guys are considering, you know, what's the call in your life? What's it look like? Will you be called to a camp ministry? Maybe, maybe not. But for sure, each where you are each and every day, it is a ministry where the people that you work alongside, they need to meet Jesus. You may be their only chance for that to happen. But to have the perspective that if you're a manager, you're a pastor. But God is preparing you to do what you do each and every day. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.